Jesus. <laughs> INFJ. <laughs> INFJ, yeah, exactly. Machination Log 009, a true test of character. Hey everybody, welcome to the Actual Garbage Podcast. Machination Log, boo bop This is David Paddock. To my left, we have Nicole Paddock. Hello. To her left, we have Ryan Riley. Here. And to his left, we have Mandy Mahaffey. Oh my gosh, hello. <gasps> Mandy, who are you? Um, wow, what a question. I'm a 30-something-year-old person, and <laughs> that's all. <laughs> is that really all? You don't have anything else to say about yourself? I think we'll explore that today on the uh, show. I believe we will, Mandy, <laughs> given that our topic is, in fact, personality itself. Mandy, you got to pick this topic presumably because you are obsessed with personality types in all their forms and love all of the indicators, the MMPIs, the 16 PFs. What's it all about? I mean, what is life, right? Isn't it all about who and what we are? Um, no. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> in a large part, it is, yeah? Um, I feel like you're uh, leading the witness on this one. <laughs> But Sarah, why did you pick personality types? You seem infatuated with personality types. Mostly Myers-Briggs seems to come up a lot. For those who don't know what Myers-Briggs is, I guess that's probably the right place to start. Mandy, describe Myers-Briggs. Uh, so that would be a union-based approach to personality. Uh, 16 different personality types will kind of help you figure out how you navigate the world and how others interact with you. I assume you have diagnosed yourself on this scale? I'm a self-diagnosed INFJ. You are an INFJ. Explain what the hell that means. So I'm introverted, intuitive, feeling, judging by the Myers-Briggs, the four-letter types. Um, but my cognitive stack then would be introverted thinking. So, wow, not introverted thinking. I'm looking at my shadow, um, the ESTJ. <laughs> that would be extroverted thinking. Holy crap. Okay, I'm going to back that up. I'm nervous, by the way. That's totally fine. <laughs> So, Mandy, what personality type on the Myers-Briggs test would you consider yourself if you were to self-diagnose it? A babbling INFJ. Uh, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> I babble when I get nervous. And I am introverted intuition, extroverted feeling, All right. introverted thinking, extroverted something. Okay, yes. All right. So you, you passed the test. You identified yourself. Yes. Why is that useful? Uh, it allows me to understand the ways that I think about things and the ways that I am interacting with other people of different types. Like who? Like take, for example, Ryan Riley. How would you diagnose Ryan Riley on this scale? Uh, Ryan Riley is definitely an NTP. And uh, an he tests, I yes, an INTP. However, he tests very slightly as an INTJ. However, I don't feel like he's an INTJ. Yeah. He's definitely an INTJ. I'm an aspiring INTJ, yes. if yes. you will. <laughs> because you forced yourself to be that. I try. Way. I really do. But yeah. I, I consistently fail at it. Yes. Which is the hallmark of the INTJ. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. failing to be an INTJ. And and what does this mean for his future? <laughs> oh. Bleak. Yes, yes. Bleak. Outlook is bleak. Yeah, um, outlook looks bleak. He needs someone to help him chart the course, which is an INFJ job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you happen to know any INFJs that could um, help him out with this? Just maybe one. Yeah. You know, I always like well, to think good to hear. the INTPs, you ever see those cartoons where there's like a, a ship and the captain's on the ship, but the, like his hat, his captain's hat is askew and he has like the, the little like uh, little eyepiece, but it's on the wrong eye. 
that's what I imagine an INTP is like, you know, like we're the captain of the ship, but our pat's on backwards, we're facing the wrong direction, and we're really not looking through the eyepiece. It's like that's that's the classic INTP. So you're sailing, but who the fuck knows where you end up? <laughs> I mean, I know I know what's going on, but it's like you almost take a perverse pleasure in not being able to like fully get into the whole mode of the thing. I you're guess. not into leadership in the, positions, in the, in are the, you? In the, well, that's the thing, because I do like to command a classroom. Like I like, <laughs> I like the authority that comes in the classroom, and I do like not like swaying or being swayed off of a position I hold. So there is, once again, that's why you're, you're, I think you're like the captain, maybe, because like you like to give orders, but you just hope that everyone else just somehow accepts the orders that you're giving them, or they know when to not follow orders and do it as necessary anyway. I think that's a good idea. Continuing around the table, Mandy, who is Nicole? Well, <laughs> I have diagnosed Nicole as an INTJ for a very long time while I've been speaking with Ryan. I and can I can confirm this. She she told me this this was my letter combination <laughs> some months before this podcast. And who am I? Well, you, sir, are an <clears throat> enigma. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> Type me now. Oh. Well, I can't I can't do that without the bias that I heard before the show. No. <laughs> Well, what bias is that? Where I don't like this test at all. Yes. I think it's silly. <laughs> that, that, and did you not confirm that you were the same type as Nicole? Um, I may as well confirm being the same type as Nicole, since we seem to see eye to eye on enough issues that that makes sense. And from what I remember of the Myers Briggs test, from looking back at it five years ago when I was in school, and then two minutes ago when I checked it again before we started this. <laughs> so nothing changed in the interval? Not, you didn't change? The types didn't change? No, unfortunately, it's that the Myers-Briggs test didn't change in its inability to identify people like me who happen to like introverted and extroverted activities who like to perceive and judge. Like, there's, there's some weirdness about this particular test, which I understand the allure of it, but the way that I could describe the way it's alluring is insulting because it involves things like astrology, where you you map. You map too much. Okay. But what's weird is, Mandy, I know a lot of people have used Myers-Briggs over time. There's a reason it's not dead. Mm -hmm. It's not merely the self-promotion of Myers-Briggs as a foundation. You are, however, one of the only people I'm aware of who uses this meticulously and claims that it does help you it teach. Because really you are a, you are a professor. Yes. So, how in the world does that help you? Um, oh, what do you teach first? Well, actually, I, I teach English literature courses, film okay. courses, etc. Um, what do you first mean by mapping? Though it has a lot of mapping. It, it. most <laughs> the way that Myers Briggs, even on their website. The way that they judge their, the validity of their own metrics suggests that it is possible to merely agree with one of the types and be conforming in that way. It doesn't explain anything. It's Myers-Briggs is frequently uh, derided as being atheoretical in this way, as opposed to, for example, the MMPI, which is a battery of psychological testing that involves internal validity to make sure that people aren't intentionally giving good or bad or misleading answers. Myers-Briggs doesn't concern itself with any of that. It's more aspirational than that. Um, I guess I, I'm just curious why that the lack of rigor in the way the Myers-Briggs is put together doesn't bother you. 
I feel like if you're going to conform with air quotes around that to a particular type and say, I am this type, you have to have some sort of self-regulation and taking these tests to be sure like you are getting a really uh, solidified view of your type, if that you're cons consistently testing that way. Um, and I mean, you have the paid for version and then you have the, I have a five question test online and I'm going to take this right now and then I'm going to be an INTJ or an INTP or an INFJ. So um, I think it's really important to consistently test something before you say, oh, okay, yes, I think I might have these particular traits associated with my personality. But who has time for that? Well, you'd be surprised. A lot, a lot of people <laughs> like, to, like to do this. I mean, like, you know, we kind of joked when we were in, in college about the idea that people take psychology classes to specifically self-diagnose themselves after they leave their parents' And house. I think I did do a, a, a big Myers-Briggs breakdown analysis when I was in Valencia. Actually, and I did it twice. And I did it one day where I was having, like, a really good day and I was feeling, like, real like happy and then like the other day was just like a normal day and i got totally different results from both yeah. both uh well that's that's always the danger that's that's the danger in most of these uh, yeah on the one that i was things. having a good day it, it like diagnosed me as an extrovert and i was like man i was must have really been high on something that day this this is <laughs> this is one of the biggest problems with this isn't even specific to personality tests uh, as a general PSA, I don't know that I've mentioned this on a podcast before, but you should never, ever, ever diagnose a psychological and, for the most part, even some physical problems when you are depressed because you're willing to believe virtually anything about yourself mm -hmm. while you're in that mode. Usually only negative things for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, well, yes, but okay. those are... You, but you'll still positives. believe them. Yeah. yeah. False <laughs> positives on that are not good for it's you. It's only because the spikes are so few and far between. <laughs> well, no, but I... I've kind of been, um, you know, dealing with personality types, you know, with Mandy. She's kind of awakened me to a little bit more of the personality type world. And it actually inspired me, guys, before we get going too far in the Myers-Briggs. I've actually <gasps> come up with my own personality typology. <clears throat> are you ready for this? Do tell. Uh, I have determined that there are, in fact, interesting... No, 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 no. Oh. What's the name? Oh, this is the uh, Riley Briggs personality test. <laughs> Briggs to be forthcoming. Oh, you collaborated. Oh, yeah, okay. For, you need to find a Briggs. Yeah, I gotta find a Briggs. A forthcoming okay. Briggs, if All you right. will. If there's any Briggs out there. Yes. <laughs> Get in contact. We need to peer review this. <laughs> so, my per I have a very good classification. There are, in fact, I feel there are people with an interesting personality... And there are people with a not interesting personality. So this is I and N-I. I and N-I, yeah. That's okay. my basic personality typology. All and right. it's rough. It's crude. In fact, there's really only one kind of question I would need to ask someone. How are you doing today? And then I would get a lot of, you know, I could, I could really judge based on that answer uh, exactly what was going Whether on. Whether you're interesting yeah. or not. Interesting, interesting personality type. So you're a case study worker. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, you know, I, I feel that I am always typing the world when yeah. I go out, you know? Don't like, teach to the test, man. That's what exactly. it's all about. No, that's all there is, is the test. I can't, I can't escape it now. I just find myself just typing people. I, even, I find my, like, if I drive down the street and I see someone walking around, I'm typing them. Like, like, look at that guy. Look how he's dressed. He's not interesting. <laughs> Not interesting at all. John Ronson got into that in his uh, in the psychopath test, where he was suddenly, after meeting up with a bunch of doctors who were talking about sociopathy and psychopathy, developed basically a superpower for identifying psychopaths on site, <laughs> which was slightly embarrassing when he realized that it's not probably actually even a real thing. But yeah, but tying that into the personality, I know it just test, made it just made him think everyone was a psychopath at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah. yeah. And that's, but you end up with this clouding, weird effect, which again goes back to Mandy. Do you feel like 
Myers, you feel like Myers-Briggs helps. I do. Absolutely. Do you feel, to what extent? I think in combination with other personality typing tests and attributes, you can kind of figure out how to reach someone more deeply than you would if you were standing in front of the classroom and just babbling to them, as I often do. Um, you're able to kind of work with not only, I suppose, processing skills that they might have individually, but you're also able to figure out the best way to speak on their level. How would you, how would this impact the way that you talk to any particular student? Pick, well, pick four letters and explain the process by which this helps you. Okay, so if I were to speak with, I don't know, an, an INFP, for instance. Which is a? Uh, introverted feeling, extroverted intuition, introverted sensing, extroverted thinking. Okay. Yes, that is Google that if you don't know what those all mean. Cognitive function stack. Or type it into Wikipedia. Apparently they just have an article for every one yes, of the 16. Yes, they do. That's yeah. the tertiary research Lou did this morning. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, so if I were speaking with an INFP, I would probably want to appeal to their possibility seeking. Um, they, what is possibility seeking? Possibility seeking. So they are all about possibilities and how everything connects to humanity at large and how these things are ultimately impacting them very personally um, and relevant to their life. So how... Is it that these things are able to emotionally connect with them and then uh, at the heart of it all kind of reach back to humanity in multiple different ways? Does that seem like it works specifically because you teach literature and other rhetorical media? You also said film. Do you think that would work <laughs> in a science class? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, I mean, yes, I would be able to understand how maybe to speak more each student's language, um, but because I am my own personality type and I were to perhaps teach a science course, first of all, I wouldn't know how to teach a science course. Sure. But outside of that, I feel like there would be many more like ISTJs, um, ISTPs, INTPs, people who have vastly differing personalities than me, and um, they would require vastly different ways to connect with that material that I might not off the very top of my head know how to do. Well, no, but what about like where you, I think, because what we're trying to get at here is that personality is not what, you know, where I kind of jokingly, you know, had my typology, <laughs> the idea was personality was what this kind of like outward expression is of someone, right? Like, I don't like his personality. He's a douche. He's, he's too happy, something like that. But I think what Myers-Briggs kind of does is you can bring up this idea of, like, cognitive functions. Mm. Like, what is that? What do you mean by that, like, idea of cognitive functions? Like, what's, like, how we figure things out? Yeah, okay. how, we orient, how we think? Is that what we're really getting at here? Well, it's funny because you mentioned in, in a science class you'd have more ISTPs, mm -hmm. and that's what Lou came back as. Now, Lou sees the world in spreadsheets, which is... Really practical, like yes. oh man, they're so good. Yeah, <laughs> I hate them. I, as much as as much as I would like to see the world in spreadsheets and flowcharts, I literally attack everything intuitively. Yeah, like yeah. so cognitively, like we work on problems completely differently. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, like you know, you uh, 
like one of the things for like a firm or something like one of those high, like Man Manhattan firms that people go to and consult. I don't know what consulting is. I'd love to, sort of I'd love to do tank. some consulting. <laughs> Schneider. Yeah, they 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 um they had a test where it was something ridiculous like how many panes of glass are in Manhattan, and they ask you this impossible question, and they all they want is to see how you approach solving the problem, a problem that nobody could know the exact answer to. They just want to see your thought process yeah. as to how you would go about figuring that out. And so in a science class or, you know, for like someone like my brother, you know, he likes math, but at the same time, there is a kind of relatability to it where, you know, you had students who, you know, needed perhaps real world examples in order to lead them to understand something abstractly and they might never understand it abstractly. Whereas some people, you know, who can have very, very higher abstract understandings of things can also lack a complete practicality of, in those applications to the real world. Yes, and that's exactly what I meant by I could not teach a science course because I'm not a concrete thinker in that way. I don't think about things tangibly in the way that the students who would probably be making up that course would think about it in that way. Um, but then that goes to like Gregoric mind styles and so forth. So. But, but the idea is, is that there, but you need both to do both Absolutely. like there's there's um i was reading this i've been reading this stuff on on the history of, of science and mathematics and um they talk about the idea that uh you know for many people looking at like higher level math they think it's there's that meme have you guys seen the meme where something complicated goes on and there's this guy standing in front of a blackboard and there's just like equations all over the blackboard and it's like you know trying to figure out x y or z meaning that it's impossibly complicated to understand the reasoning or the decision they've made and they talk about well you know that's actually not the right way to think about most math like most math can or should exceedingly uh, should try to be exceedingly uh, or as simple as possible like we tend to overcomplicate things and the abstraction that you get can also you need both aspects right you need the idea that this needs to perhaps be you know that this needs to be you know this equation needs to be turned into a bridge but at the same time someone needs to kind of define the abstract principles that the grounded work is based on as well and you know science math literature, political science, whatever the hell you do, David. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like all those things, you know, there, there are, there's necessary functions and roles for both, right? Because like that, in that short history of nearly everything, they talk about the guys who figured out the double helix shape and how they wanted to do it by doing as little actual work as possible. They wanted to, That's like, why just, they just stole somebody else's Yeah, they work. just wanted to like think their way there. <laughs> and like, they just like, but like you need both kind of aspects, do you not? Okay. Like, Einstein did it. Yeah. Is this why, okay, like I... Like higher level math, I understand it fine conceptually. I can't actually do it. Yes, this is what I was telling David <laughs> the other day. Like, I feel like if I were taught a theoretical component before I was taught just the rote memorization component, I would be able to do math. But because they taught it backward and I never got to the theoretical math, I have no idea how to do it. Yeah, I understand physics on that level too. Like, theoretically, like, it makes sense to me. I couldn't actually do anything, mm -hmm. though. That's a very dangerous assertion to make without trying at first, though. Having been on both sides of this equation and having, pardon the pun, and and having, <laughs> it flew by me, so it didn't even occur, and having having myself dropped out of physics out of sheer disinterest is one of those <laughs> things. It's like when you have to calculate the number of states a mole of air can be in. If you don't know what a mole of air is stay the fuck away from chemistry and physics. I only know what it is conceptually. Right, yeah, like exactly. 23 and a lot of decimal points and you multi, like, but I couldn't actually do the math. But it's fun thinking about it and yeah. not having to like sit down and work it out, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that goes back to our intuitive intuition, or intuitive intuition, introverted intuition, yeah. <laughs> because we are able to grasp these, th these things 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Everything's conceptual. Yeah. Like nothing works in front. In, in, it's like I either understand it conceptually or I or I, I can't do it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's where I end up rebelling against the part where I would technically be in Nicole's camp for, uh, for personality types. Is I, I happen to be a massive fan of Occam's Razor. The notion that you should not uh, his original formulation of it's like not multiplying entities beyond necessity, which is a really terrible way to phrase it. It's essentially to yeah, make. I didn't conceptually understand that. I'm yeah, sorry. it's no. it's vague. Yeah. Yeah. but I no, think it's, it's deliberately vague. You, just, you, test, <laughs> you test hypotheses in order by their simplicity. Like you want to end. You start up, with the easiest one first. Yeah, and you knock at that one, and you see if it breaks, and if it doesn't, you move on. Like it's, uh, I really like elegance in design, and that's a um, and I there's there is a there is a um. There, there's a significant benefit to having math behind what you're talking about because it lets you get to a more pure, a more elegant form that intuition doesn't necessarily let you do. Oh, no, but intuition I, is messy as fuck. But I, mean, I understand the benefit of intuition. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand the benefit of intuition. Qu- don't want to say intuitively, but. <laughs> God, this is, this is turning into a fucking. Uh, what is it, morning show? The, what do we um, talk about uh, when we talk about love? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we'll be talking yeah. about yeah. Oh, God. Oh, they're going to make me leave the room if we go to Birdman territory. No, but it's it, it's just because you need the little bit of leeway to it. I mean, Ryan, you were talking about turning an equation into a bridge. Mm-hmm. This is the cur- this is the permanent plight of economics. Yes. Is, you know, I don't, and I, I'm just... I'm just going to say it because I'm, I need to stop couching what the fuck I'm saying is the old Hayek quote mm-hmm. about economics economics proving that man is less capable of designing what they can imagine than they believe yes. so you end up but you somehow you got to do it because yes. you need a product you need a light bulb or you need an economy or you need any of this shit and the fact that there are gray areas in that is okay with me yes as long as the fundaments are good well, but it's it's where you need all those ES ES people, right, to just go out and fucking make it happen in the world, right? Like they're just the ones, like like conceptually, no, like I'll hire someone to like figure out all that shit, and then you know we'll just throw this stuff out there to see what kind of happens, and you know we do. I, I think the tough thing for for when this idea of personality, right? Like to me, I had always you know personality was something. Which is, you know, if we were to reduce people to like an, to an art piece or something like that, like that's what personality was to me, right? Reduce to? Reduce people, yeah, reduce people to a single... Reduce like, like when, you, when you cook them and you just get down to yeah, their redu- essence. Redu- that's what you mean. Essence, that's yeah. what you mean. Reduce them, yes. No, yeah, yeah like shrinking them down. No, yeah. like stay no, with that, that just seemed very generous of you to call people art? more than an art piece. <laughs> well, I mean, no, nothing but. Nothing but an art piece, yeah. But one, one art piece, not an oeuvre of art. No, just like one, if we could like boil someone down, you know, that's how I tended to look at people in terms of personality. But I mean, also it's, the weird thing is, is that I mean, these personality types do try to take values out of of typing someone. But then, you know, we kind of joked before about, you know, about the personality types being aspirational. Where, you know, the Myers-Briggs, when they're explaining the personality types, they always seem to flatter. Yes. And they That's, always seem to highlight the most positive aspects yeah, they have of a, the personality types. They have a serious Barnum effect going on. It's like astrology that way, where right. you you attempt to come up with, uh, I forget what the name of the test is. It may actually just be the Barnum effect, where you, you come up with the list of traits that say things like, um, 
you tend to be shy. But if you have to, yeah. you can be the life of the party. Um, you look hard on the outside, but there's a soft inner core. Things that are almost just necessarily true. Thankfully, the, the personality types don't fall quite that far down the rabbit hole, but because they are trying to be so judgment-free in their design, I mean, this is, uh, and this is partially just the late 20th century digging its claws into the way that we right. assess people. Being an introvert and being an extrovert are both good, being intuitive, and whatever the other one of intuitive is. Extroverted intuition? Oh, you mean the opposite. Oh, yeah. binary. Oh, sensing. Yeah, all of the metrics... They're all seen as good things. They're all things well, they're you all, want they're all to just be. Different. No, but that's that's a, there's there's a deliberate lack yeah. of judgment. Yeah, I, think, I think there is an attempt to remove values from each personality type, but the way that they perhaps get because you got to remember too, these things have been I think uh, consumerized. You know, they've been they've been turned into products to a certain extent, and I mean that's that's something that is separate from the idea of the of the typology itself. I think that's something that's been imposed on the typology necessarily. Well, I mean, do you I agree think, with that? Well, the problem with the personality typing and being obsessed with personality typing is if you don't dig into it, if you don't read about these things and kind of work your way through cognitive processes, work your way through what each letter of the four actually mean mm -hmm. and like start looking more deeply into it, you're going to say, okay, well, I am of this type, I am of this type, I am of this type. And then you're going to kind of just like dangerously follow that pattern, dangerously put other people into that other camps. And then it becomes, like you said, a marketable product or a way that we consume culture and yeah, like exactly. consume ourselves and consume others. Like, so it, it's kind it's, of funny when you like go and you like look at the at the I like the typology websites, you see like his people wanting to type like historical figures, you know, like Jesus. INFJ. <laughs> INFJ, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Buddha. I, I, INTP. You know, like I'm just I'm just claiming, you know, like but my team. My team. Yeah. yeah. So I mean I do like I. It is, and it can have a kind of joy to like you know. But once again, for most people, it's like the I fucking love science Facebook feed, right? right? There's right, very right. little actual science going on there. So, and the same way that people engage with personality types, there's very little nuts and bolts kind of, you know, beyond that surface level. Right at the uh, superficial level, I think. Yeah. So here's a point that I wanted to bring up at one point or another. Um, was that and here it this, is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark that okay so we have like personality page we have you know the 16 personality types we have all the facebook groups that have to do with um myers briggs and mm -hmm. um enneagram and all of these other things and then we have people who are out there taking the test once and they're saying oh I'm an INTP. Oh, I'm an INTJ. I'm an INFP. And they come in, they start talking about it, like, oh, here's what I am. Here's what you are. And, like, I am the god of all Myers-Briggs. And then they... That's a, that's a general internet problem. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And It so, works in other groups, too. And so this really bad, and it's not even science, but, yeah. of course, this really bad science comes out. And so all of these new people being introduced into the system start believing all of these really crazy things and they're, you know, propagating these really insane typologies and and it just becomes this distorted, convoluted thing. And I forget the point that I was making. Oh, yeah, the point that I was trying to make is that there are probably, like, hundreds of thousands of people doing this all of the time and then you've got, like, to whittle it all the way down to people who are actually spending a majority of their time thinking about this, talking about this, putting um, theories out there about this, um, 
So I'd say in like the Facebook groups that we have, there's there's like literally like 11,000 people in the INTP group. Right. And I'd say there's probably about 200 of us who are actually really active. And then there's probably like 100 of us who are developing these theories and so forth and trying to communicate and trying to figure out how people of each type can kind of develop um, better relationships, better understandings, better um, ways to look at the world by integrating different things about personalities. Right. And so I've just babbled and I can't remember where my train was going. I mean, it would seem like that distribution within any particular group would depend on which one it was. Right, absolutely. Because, I mean, clearly uh, introverts are probably going to be the most likely to be on the Internet in forums participating. Exactly. <laughs> The I stands for internet. <laughs> internet and extrovert. That's what yes. you got. INTP, king of the internet. Oh, well, that is, I can, just, I can, I am a notch in the wrong column there, let me tell you. But, the, but what, once again, I think, you know, are we, do we bring in values to this? I think, I think the idea is, is yes. Is it, you know, do we deceive to flatter in, uh, when we type ourselves and type others? Like, yes. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, is I've kind of noticed that when I've been seeing these kind of proclivities in people, um, that there are, I, I think that 16 personality types is too many. I mean, I really do. I think. That oh, you think like, people are not that? I think more people. I think people are more similar than they are dissimilar in a lot of ways. I mean, you're I a could, lumper. What's that? You're a lumper. Yeah, man. I just, I just smush them all together. There's, there are two types of people depending on the kind of person you are. There are lumpers and splitters. Splitters, lumpers, and splitters. Yeah. And which one is interesting and not interesting? Um, <laughs> that's largely at the discretion of two other groups. Okay, so I N L P. So it could be I L or. I uh, like your lumper and your and your interesting. Have you never have you never heard we of could, this? The lumpers and the splitters. There are people who reduce the number of options, and there are people who like to expand the number of options. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So science versus P. So scientific taxonomists taxonomists are splitters yeah, because let are. me tell you, the species on my animals are changing every year. Species, genus, yeah. subspecies, oh, so locales. Good. Okay, so and I just, the whole thing, thanks to that, thanks biology, still doesn't make any sense because yeah, because I still can't identify what my chameleons are. Yeah, and it doesn't I have no make, idea. And it makes no biological sense because it doesn't correspond <laughs> to genome to begin with. Well, but that's I mean, it's, so here's the once again, I don't, I don't want to return back to this thing of values, but just to kind of maybe bring in another aspect of you know how I differentiate people as well. Um, there is no real value judgment going going on in the personality types. You know, like, there's no, like, so, like a good person. Like, this isn't a test to find out what a, whether or not someone is a good person or anything no, like that. Is there a test that even exists like that? <laughs> yeah, it's called the MMPI. Yeah. Yeah, but... That's why it needs internal validity, because it's measuring for things like sociopathy. Right, well, that's, that's what, okay. Yeah. So that's where Which is a bad that. personality. Yeah, indeed. yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, have a, we have agreed culturally that that's a thing we don't want people to have. Yeah, and it's but, but Myers Briggs. That, that's what I was saying. Is Myers Briggs makes no attempt to do that. That's not what it's about. It's specifically aspirational. Well, but no, I think. But but Mandy's point that it kind of you know hints at the way people think and how that is, you know. So for example, she, the idea that it is that part of the core of understanding about personality types is the way that personality types interact with each other. Yeah. Like that's a key component, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea is, is that, you know, Nicole and I and uh, you and I, David, get along for a very specific reason. 
And the way we get along is different than the way I get along with Mandy, yes. who has a different personality type than you, either of you guys. And I asked about the mapping because I wanted to actually discuss that. So thank you. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> the idea is, is that, you know, when we kind of, if you want to map this out, right, if we kind of draw a little circle around where we're at and we, we draw our connections to each other. Yeah, well, yeah, we got a whiteboard. <laughs> but, the, but the idea is, is that what we and how we kind of, you know, push the buttons we push in each other you know, is important and is a way that we would perhaps find a proclivity that we would find that we were continually finding, that I'm continually finding INF, INFJs and INTJs in my in my friend's circle, that you would find INTPs around your friend's circle more than you would find other personality types as well. And Mandy's shaking her head because I've clearly said something smart. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to indicate to you guys that I am surrounded by geniuses right now. Um, INTJs, INTPs are supposed to be like the top 1% of like smartness factor woe. That sounds like a Barnum effect combined <laughs> with a value judgment. I, uh, yeah, I just, but you are on the top end of it. I would just like to agree with everything Mandy's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could just get that in there. But I think it, it works what you're saying when you are at this very tippy top and you're looking down at all the small people. You really don't want to involve and invest yourself in the, the people who don't get you, right? And so you're going to have people in your circle that not only are able to appreciate what you can bring to them personality-wise, but who can understand your crazy theoretical insights and so forth. So I think that, yes, you're going to find INTJs and INTPs in your friend circle um, because they're smart. But aside from that, what I've mapped out here is why I've also felt... Um, like. Mandy is pointing at a lot of letters. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, give us give us the okay. back of the back of the note card kind of summation what you got there. Okay. So I don't know if this is going to come as a, as a surprise to you, Nicole. Okay. However, I am envious of your relationship with um, Ryan here. Okay. Because you guys and David as well, I'm sure, perhaps in a different way, are able to communicate in a fundamentally different than way than Ryan and I do. And I have mapped it down to the fact that you have this kind of crossover design here. So you are introverted intuition foremost, yeah. and you are introverted thinking. Um, secondarily, your auxiliary process would be extroverted thinking, okay. and yours would be extroverted intuition. So you've got this crossover where your primary mode of thinking is appealing to his auxiliary mode of thinking, but in the reverse and binary. So you're using, it's like an anima animus, like integration there. And so you're speaking to each other in a very um, fulfilling way. And so when he is using his introverted thinking, his primary and dominant way of thinking, he's appealing to your extroverted thinking, your auxiliary <laughs> way of expressing yourself because you are an opinionated person. Yeah. And you put it out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, Girl. And <laughs> also time. I mean, like, I've known him a long-ass time, yeah. so that helps. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, in the same way that, well, you know. But no, I got to say, just as well, I mean, David, you know, you do not shirk from expressing your opinions about things either. What would you know about that? Uh, just that statement, I think, kind of encapsulates <laughs> what I was kind of going for there. Fair. All right. <laughs> You'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what Patrick does. <laughs> All right. Um, so, and then the crossover in your ladder functions. Nicole, you'd use introverted feeling as your tertiary function and extroverted sensing as your fourth function, your 
um, moving into your shadow processes. And then Ryan, you would use introverted sensing as your tertiary function and then extroverted feeling as your fourth function, which on the internet we call your retard function. Excellent. Sorry for not being PC. Um, hey, hey, it happens. <laughs> So when you're using these functions as well, you're also crossing over. So you're more clumsy, um, introverted feeling, Nicole. Okay. Your, your deep feelings about where you stand and um, how you feel about the world internally that you don't necessarily express because mm -hmm. you're constantly expressing your opinion. Um, <laughs> that actually is going to um, talk to Ryan's extroverted feeling where he is more concerned, I suppose, with uh, harmonizing group, but though you might not know it because it is your last function, um, you you kind of are able to comfort and nurture each other in some ways. And then your last function, Nicole, my last function as well is extroverted sensing, which okay. is our retard function. Okay. Um, so as an what is that? What does so that mean? That means like <laughs> we are super clumsy when we're using it. Um, we use it in conjunction with our first function. So you would use it in conjunction with your first function. Use and what in conjunction? Sorry, your <laughs> your precision. You're the only um, one with the paper. Here. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so sorry. Um, so <sighs> this is definitely going up as supplemental material to <laughs> okay. the podcast. Um, what your question? Uh, oh yes. Uh, okay. Nicole, so do you yeah, like Nicole's matrix logic puzzles? Maybe. Nicole's, I've never done them. Okay, uh, so, they look exactly like that. So, give me, yes. What is okay. what is a concrete way in which Nicole's retard function is is your your fourth function? If okay, you, yeah. you um, just wanted to say that. I know. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be so well. So, well, please clarify the retard function. Yeah, please. I just, just want to say retard function again. Okay. <laughs> Um, so extroverted sensing as the retard function in the same way that I'm going to use it is not necessarily like bodily like. We are outside of our bodies because we're so in our head. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense to you. But it's weird for me to say that to you because you are doing things like what MMA stuff? I don't know. Yeah. What is yeah, it called? Do, yeah, jujitsu, yeah, Muay Thai. So that that's kind of crazy. But at the same time, like I was a gym rat for a couple of years. Okay. And I used that time as like an escape from my mind. Well see where okay, where where I go, like gym and social interaction is like thoroughly entwined. It's not mm -hmm. like just going to the gym and like working out and being able to internalize all of it. Right. It's 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 a challenge. <laughs> okay. So, so I do that saying... stuff to challenge myself though. Like, you know, cuz we well, also used to do ballet as well. I mean, that once again that kind of like physical I was I, I did not have a good personality type for that, though physically I was very good at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is why I never pursued it professionally. Not the right personality to be a ballet dancer. I did not blend in, and I did not get along with large groups of, of snobby girls. Do you think you could out-bitch them, though, as an INTJ? No, because no? I'm non-confrontational. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Mandy, I'm... As much as I love hearing the Sherlock Holmes thing going on, <laughs> I'm having a really serious case of overfit syndrome in my head here. How... Use what you just talked about to predict a behavior between two people in this room. Not to put you and Myers-Briggs on the spot. Okay. Um, so if Nicole and I were to get into a fight, which we have not done, <laughs> and I hope and foresee not happening. Yeah. Okay, okay. Pick the wrong year to get into a fight with Nicole. Yeah, because it's all physical. Because, A, I'm not good at... Like, verbally fighting, and uh -huh. I just don't do it. Like, I'm not an arguer. Like, I don't do that yeah. at all. Well, <laughs> I should say, when when 
passions are inflamed, you're not an arguer. But like, you know, we we talk about and well, like, yeah, yeah like we'll rhetorically yeah, exactly, argue. Yeah, but I'm exactly, not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a. a I, I won't just like get into some altercation and start like yelling like random things. Mm-hmm. Like that'll never happen, even if even if we ever get in a fight. Well, that's good. <laughs> You, but guys, I, you guys would be the quietest. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to be say. Be like, can like, we reconvene in three days? I need yeah, to think about what I need to tell you. Exactly what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would become aloof because, um, as an INFJ in a fight with an INTJ, <laughs> we would try to employ our tertiary introverted thinking function, where you would probably be all about putting your opinion out there um, aloofly because you're not a feeling sort per se. It's all your tertiary yeah. function. Um, and so it, it would be one of those things where you would kind of logically articulate why you feel that way. And I would try to come back with why I feel whatever way, but I would probably be a little bit more touchy-feely about it. Okay. And uh, you'd be like, get the fuck off me. <laughs> right? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> huh. It's definitely, yeah, different different approaches. Um. All right, so write that down. Okay. <laughs> when they fight. <laughs> Be quiet and delayed. And boobs. Long no. fuse. Long fuse. Long fused quiet fight. You gotta you gotta you gotta <laughs> you have an envelope we can, we can seal this yeah. in somewhere. We'll take care of it. Right. Strangely enough though, I think the more aloof you would become, the more passionate I would become because of the emotionality that I bring to the table and my third And because I wouldn't be a you wouldn't I wouldn't give you anything to fuel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's really hard to keep fighting when nobody when no one's throwing fuel on it, which I just don't, don't throw fuel on it, so then it doesn't go anywhere. That and I'm kind of non-confrontational, even though I am opinionated. Yeah, where's yeah. the fun come from if you don't throw I, fuel it's, on it's it? It's tough. I you know, like I said I I'm not saying I have the best personality. I, you know, there's shortcomings. Hey, 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 hey. No. Everyone has the best personality yep. according to them. <laughs> We all get trophies. No, no. Except Mandy, apparently. I she hate, disagrees. I hate. I, okay, no, I take that back. Sorry, INFJs, if you're listening. I generally do not like other INFJs. Why? Because we're annoying. Well, that, that works good for you guys, right? Because yeah. aren't you an INFJ? No, I'm an no. INTP. INTP, okay. INTP, INFJ. Totally different. INTJ, INTJ. Okay. Other apparently. than the, the, I will never, ever get these initials right, the other, the first two. Does it matter that no one here is not I-N? How would that have affected this conversation? It's not I- What do you mean? And we're all I-N, 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 I-N. Lou oh, would yeah. have been an I-S if he had shown up, but... How would that affect the conversation if we had a different type in here? Or... Would there be more awkward pauses? Probably. Would it be more um... combative if we had like an, like an E-S or something <sighs> in here? If there would be different... I think there would be the SN disconnect that I was talking about um, when I, I commented on that uh, response. What do those two letters mean? Sensing versus intuition. Okay. So sensing being all about the tangible, concrete ideas. and um, So the, like an S person would be like, how can I sell someone a car? You know, like if you give me like a personality type, would I like be able, how would I sell them a car or something? Like is that what they'd be, would they be wanting to like practically kind of get this thing together? No, they want to look at all the... They want to look at all the data and just yeah, work they would from want that. to essentially like parse it out and and like okay. like what I've done here on here, but this is because I'm visual. Um, they would have to want they would want to like take it apart and like 
touch it and look at it and visualize it and see it and grasp it. And I guess in Lou's case, want to like fix it up and That's, mechanically okay. like work with yeah, it. Yeah, so so like the, the S person would take the car apart and put it back together to learn how it works. Like right. us sensing people would take the car apart and we'd be like, wow, look at all these parts. I mean, that is one of the, but that's that's one of the places, one of the four places, I would say, where Myers-Briggs ends up being weird for me because I'm absolutely one of those people. That's Mm -hmm. why I build stuff. That's why I like working. That's why I like woodworking. Okay, well, and I actually wanted to mention this too as well. Uh, Woodworking woodworking is all building up. There's usually not the dissemination part. Like I've taken plenty of computers apart. Okay. This is this is the thing. I do not do activities like that. But as an INTJ, you're all about strategizing, envisioning, masterminding, goals, plannings, contingencies. Um, you have a strong vision and you're looking to integrate for a Who system does, of okay. understanding. Okay, that, that's okay. you in a nutshell. Okay, 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 okay good. <laughs> that freak you out I, having that so no, no, no. cleanly stated? No, I need no, I need a Barnum effect button. <laughs> I need a button I can slam. Yeah, I need a button I can slam when you say a bunch of words in rapid succession to make it sound like this means anything. How many people, like, this? that's just a list of flattery. No, not necessarily. Where's the bad word there? Well, that's true. That's true. And this is why it becomes marketable. She didn't finish a list. What dickish is that? Basically, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I love you all. No, okay. Finally. <laughs> INTJs, like, because they are the masterminds, they're known also as, like, what What did I say? They're the coldest, no, yeah, coldest humans. And you, you INTPs, are the warmest robots. You guys are dicks, man. INTJs, you'll just come out and say whatever you want to say and not have a care in the world about how other people so feel about it. So we're cold humans and you're a warm robot. I'm a warm robot. <laughs> I'm going to, okay, I, this might come in useful in later podcasts. I'm going to... Cold Got humans this down. and warm robots. Yeah. Nice. All watched over by machines of love and grace. <laughs> Naturally. I don't know. There's a point at which that feels like it stops being useful unless, again, this is where the aspirational side of it comes in. It is possible for me to just be a worse version of me that doesn't agree as much with those characteristics. So do you think you would then fall into your Do I become a different processes? category if I am merely being a lesser version of myself? That's <laughs> this is this is what I'm trying to get at. This is it is, is that the problem? We're skewing it because we're all the best versions of, of yeah. we're all geniuses. Well, no. I mean, not, not to pick on Mandy, but like, Mandy was the one who called this out as being a possibility. It's it's entirely possible that I don't have a strong vision because I am confused. It's possible that I'm not a mastermind because I'm stupid. Like, does that change my personality type? I it's, don't. What? If I consumed <laughs> lead as a child, oh, yes. would that have changed my personality yeah, okay. type? So, so people who are in the personality typology community will say that you should not type anyone consume who, lead? <laughs> who has consumed lead. No, who has suffered severe brain damage or who um, is clearly and demonstrably of a like personality disorder or what have you, because that completely does change your personality and the way that you are expressing that both internally and externally. So it would? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. So we've got interesting. So yes, if in- you were a lesser human, you would not be as good yeah. of a mastermind. Yeah, like that's that's the the reason those words are weird to me. That's the reason this feels slightly creepy because it is indulgent that way. Yeah, 
But you also need to think about the very negative traits that that brings to you then. And being a mastermind. Like what? And being a mastermind, that means you're cold, aloof, manipulative. Um, you can ha you have the gift of foresight, and so therefore you can, I don't know, just... Hate other make, people? Yes, very much so. Right. INTJs are known for hating people. Are they? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying things now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what INFPs are known for? Uh, no. Okay. You're an INFJ. I'm an INFJ. You? Okay. Are they known for that? No, not necessarily. Yeah, let's, that'd be fun. Let's go around and, and we got we got the worst thing for about INTJs. Mm -hmm. Let's do the worst thing for INTPs. What's like the worst, like some of the worst categories for INTPs? That sounds like fun. They're fucking I gotta, idiots. I got to write. All right, fucking idiots. <laughs> got it. What You're else? assholes who don't assholes. care what other people have to say. All right, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. You're right. lazy. Oh yeah, very very lazy. Yeah. And yet writing all this down. Yes, absolutely. Oh, just... Well, you're you're an inspiration or an aspirational INTJ, right? Aspirational. Okay. Uh, what? So he wants to be a different type. Yeah, yeah. basically. No, he's, he has told me he's trained himself over the years to become more. Um, goal he's trying to write oriented. the feeling part out of it so he can be judging like we are. Yeah, no, the thing is, too, is that, like, because one of the things, correct me, or, or if, thinking like we are. One of the I, things is that, like, still I, getting used to this. INTPs are notorious for maybe not showing up to work on time a yes. lot. Right? Okay, so I have. I have never been late to a class in four years that I've been teaching. I've In four years of teaching, I missed one class due to a flat tire. Like, everything that used to get in my way, like, I. Used to never pay my credit card bill on time. I haven't missed a credit card payment in years. Like so, there's been a lot of like those sub functions. I can mm -hmm. I can coin a phrase. There's been a lot of sub functions <laughs> of INT penis that I have kind of like <laughs> penis penis <laughs> that I've kind of like um, you know worked out of my general personality. So like there's just those little things that I've tried to work on the margins just to be more effective and efficient as a human being. But like. Uh, other than that, I mean, I do hold a lot of those problems, too, about being, like, brooding and thinking to the point of, like, never actually doing anything. Um, do, I am an asshole, and I have been accused of that by, like, my students and people that I care about. And, um, you know, it's just... It, but it does kind of come around that there is those tendencies, and it's just unfortunate that on the margins, I mean, I'd, if I could fucking write a great novel, I'd pay every credit card bill late for the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've made the, wrong, made the wrong bargain there, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's disappointing. Mandy, what's the worst things about INFJs? Oh, God, what What's wrong they? with you? Yeah, oh, what's wrong with we you? We are the worst. Yeah. Oh, you INTJs, you INTPs, you hate us. If we are terrible, terrible person to you. You will write us off as being know-it-alls. You will write us off as being dicks in a completely different way as you guys, because what we do is we'll take a whole bunch of shit until we arbitrarily decide not to take it anymore and do the INFJ door slam and completely write you out of our lives. So, there's, there's so another... you're passive-aggressive. In some ways. Um, I think we... I personally have tried to work on passive aggressiveness in as much as I don't think I'm aggressive. I'm just more passive. And so when okay. it gets to the point, like, I will say, here is the line. Don't step over the line. And then I move the line again. And I'm like, okay, here's the line. You stepped over it. Why are you stepping over it? Here's the new line. Don't step over. And it'll keep being moved until finally I'm like, you know what? You stepped over the line for the last time. Fuck you. You're out. 
but there's no point in where where that line because if you right. yeah you know you don't know that this is the last line yeah. like that's but the other you thing can, you can keep pushing. So <laughs> the other funny thing is you mentioned before was that there's this sense that in a group of people INFJs want to like harmonize yes, a group. Yeah. Okay, no, and go that's to that a little bit. Yeah, go you. to that a little bit, a little bit as well. So um, INFJs are known as harmonizers because our auxiliary function is extroverted feeling. And so what we do is we try to make sure that everyone feels okay in a group. And a lot of the time, if you're an unhealthy INFJ, you're going to play all sides and you're going to pretty much make sure that the person you're talking to is feeling a-okay about themselves and that the other person, if they're going to turn them into a hateful, vindictive bitch, then they are a hateful, vindictive bitch. And then you talk to the next person and all the bad stuff that the person says about the other person, yeah, they're right too. And it's all about like emotionally satisfying someone in that moment. Or in the group, um, you're going to try to sort of um, make sure that everyone is integrated and that everyone's playing nicely, and you'll step but, like, in but, and but like how you define what playing nicely. Yeah, exactly. Be. It's like, all that's, like, that's the problem. Yeah, it's all very <laughs> yeah. This isn't like some subjective. objective. Yeah, this is subjective. Well, impression. it's interesting though because people will say that extroverted feeling. Um, for INFJs is very objective because it's all about harmonizing the group. So it's a utilitarian approach. However, like you said, it is very subjective because it's all about how we feel the utilitarian approach should be put out there mm -hmm. and taken into swift justice and doled out. Right. Yeah. What do you mean by utilitarian? Um, <laughs> here's an example from what happened to my class yesterday. <sighs> I gave my students the option of writing a, what was it, a 1,250-word paper and a 2,000-word paper or a 1,500-word paper and a 1,750-word paper. That works out mathematically, Why right? are you letting them choose exactly. that? Exactly. That's the issue. Because I wanted to harmonize the group because there was contention. I just got a really serious pump from Ryan. Yeah. I'm telling you. you want, let me t here's how I would have solved that problem. I would have harmonized the group. By doing two two thousand word essays, and that way they all hate me. <laughs> so that's how you harmonize the group. Exactly, but that's, oh, man, you so that's that's the issue because there was contention. So I was like, let's vote on this democratically, and there was still uh, there was still tension. So we talked about it for like five minutes, and then I was like, you know what, you guys aren't figuring it out. So we're going to go with what I think is going to be best for you. And that was the utilitarian approach. So obviously I chose the 2000 word paper and the 1250 word paper for the first two papers. But where's the utility function there? Um, it's going to benefit everyone in in the way that like they're going to. Mandy, I'm I'm abusing you for the Please for do. a demonstration of how the word utilitarian has been getting a bad rap. There's um. If we're going to define this as like engineers talking about themselves being pragmatic, um, if you ever have anyone oh tell God. you that oh. they are pragmatic, just ask them, oh, so you do things that work? Yes. That's, that is, that word doesn't mean anything. Utilitarianism is basically the application of math to human suffering. Um, how did you apply math to human suffering? Uh, well, those are numbers. By choosing the word. <laughs> by choosing how many words the paper is. Right. Well, no, because I figured if they're going to write a 1,250-word paper and then a 2,000-word paper, which is what I chose for them to do, they're going to have um, to... 
I don't know. It has something to do with filler. I don't know. I made the decision on the spot. <laughs> well, no, but but also I think the if I could maybe yeah, yeah, make yeah. an idea that part of the idea of being utilitarian in a sense was that there was a process by which you would want them to kind of yeah exactly figure yes. this out a little yes, bit as yes, well. Yes. And I mean, I, to a certain I've never. Well, I do shut students down all the time, but like you, <laughs> you have, I mean, I've never not allowed a student to air a grievance and I always tease them. I say, I'll give you the answer. You might not like it, but that I'll give you, I'll explain why th- it is the way it is. And so, you know, we, there is just this idea of process, but like, I would never, ever, ever like think that they had any sort of say in how I, with the rules I've decided upon, mm-hmm. like, that's not your call, you know, like as a student, that's not what you're here to question me on. Like, you know, the idea that they would have a say, like, democratically. Like, this is, I, I teach political science. I run a dictatorship in my classes. <laughs> like, there is no democracy it in the classroom. sounds barely benevolent. Oh, it is. I mean, for their benefit, right? I mean, that's what... Utilitarian. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do, you know, I... But that's I, extroverted feeling. What do you mean? Your last question, <gasps> extroverted feeling, and you're utilitarian. You do it for their benefit. I feel Ryan, you're extroverted. That's my retard. I was retarded. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's my, re, my retard function is what I'm extroverted that's why at. My extrovert needs so You've much transcended yeah. to. <laughs> yes, I think we all agree. That's when we're retarded that way. Drugs help. No. If you. Oh my God. So, yes. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm totally she had a break a yeah. But no. Okay. So, oh, I want to know your instinctual sub. Uh, variant, Nicole, but um, is that more you testing? You guys step outside and <laughs> we'll leave. You guys can lock the door and figure that, that, sounded, that out. That sounded like a euphemism to me. <laughs> no, but your extroverted sensing function as a fourth function is going to want to indulge. So one of my oh, biggest boy, issues... Does it. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's your extroverted sensing is all about like what's happening in the world around you and how you can like tangibly like put your fingers on it and feel it and like inside of you. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> What? Okay. Stop looking Sorry, at me. You're I'm, talking I'm to her. I'm tangentially going on a, on a train here. So if you're going to indulge and you're going to continue to do that, you're going to start habituating into these processes. So one of the things that um, extroverted sensing as a fourth function does is overeats sometimes. So binges, um, binges on drugs and alcohol, binges on sex, um, goes crazy at the gym or working out, what have you. So these are some things that if you are kind of reaching into your shadow function <laughs> and you're putting that to like full force, those are things that you'll do. That sounds about right. So yeah. Just do those all the time for the purpose of self-actualization. I don't know. Where is... I've, tr- I've tried that. It's very exhausting. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know it's working. I no, agree, that's why no, I don't do actually, it anymore. <laughs> just I get fully, more sleep. It is exhausting, but okay, so there was a about eight month span of time that I made myself say yes to everything that I thought was uncomfortable for me. And I just wanted to be out of my comfort zone. And I really feel like that it really, truly helped me in a lot of ways. And a lot of it had to do with like becoming a gym rat and kind of moving into my shadow functions. And this is why a lot of people will mistake me as an ENFP (laughs) um, because I've tried to increase my ability of like working with these types of yeah. like shadow processes, and um, it does exhaust me terribly. It's for, very exhausting. Oh my god, yeah. yes, but it it helps me a lot. I think. Yeah, no, it's it's challenging, but it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. 
I've added some things to my personality between interesting and not interesting. I've got lumper and splitter and stupid and smart. So I think if I if round this out to make it symmetrical, I need a fourth way to categorize people. So let's see. David, are you a lumper or a splitter? You watch the Big Bang Theory or you don't watch it? The... Oh, wait, that's dumb. That's yeah, stupid. Stu- that's yeah, easily, that's easily that's a shorthand. The, that's the for... only question you need, actually, yeah, for yeah, that yeah, one. Then, do you watch the Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men? <laughs> stupid. Okay. Does that also dictate interest? Interest. To a certain extent. I mean, it certainly dictates lumping, that's for sure. Well, I mean, once again, yeah. All right, who around this table is not Sheldon? Not Sheldon. Not Sheldon. I don't know what that means. That's that's how smart I am. Yeah. I and every friend I'm aware of has been compared to Sheldon on the Big Bang Theory by one person or another. Oh, that must be a generational thing. He's the main character, right? Maybe. I have no idea. But... I don't. I. I would never associate anybody I actually talked to to that, like anybody on that show. I truly hope not, because I can't watch it. I mean, again, I. I have no idea what this person looks like or does, but presumably I everyone met, I know. I have is met exactly somebody like that him. looks like him and acts like him, and he doesn't remind me of anyone in this group. Oh, that's good. The guy looks. The he's a dead ringer for it. About? We're trying to determine whether this is a lump or a split, man. Okay. So all we I gotta go. Is... You either need to come up with a fourth category, or you need to bring all those categories together into one lump, gotcha. one single metric. All right. So Beatles or Rolling Stones? What's that? Annoying or not annoying? Annoying and not annoying. All right. All right. All right. Annoying, not annoying. Annoying. What's the opposite of annoying? Boring. Titillating. Annoying. Engaging. There we go. That's kind of interesting, uninteresting. Yeah, though. yeah, it's lots of problem. Yeah, you got a three-point scale. Well, there. just, yeah. just, just don't force it. Just it'll yeah, come let it to come. you. Yeah, let yeah. it come. Yeah, let it come. It'll come to Absolutely. you. It's natural. Just go through the dictionary and find all the synonyms. Thesaurus, sir. Thesaurus, yes. That's how. They, that's literally how the Big Five was made. A guy went through the dictionary and lumped all the words that were synonymous together that describe personality traits, and he came out with five metrics. Oh, what's that? Um, what the fuck? It's ocean, so it's openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, um, some other thing, and neuroticism. Right. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay. Oh, agreeableness was the agreeableness. Other one. Yeah. Yeah. Agreeableness. Yes. <laughs> no point. <point. laughs> uh. So, do you ascribe to the Big Five, Mandy? I do, actually. Um, they're. I think it was MIT that put out a study that mapped um, Big Five and Myers-Briggs. And, and? 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 My Big Five worked with my Myers-Briggs. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And what did that mean? I don't know. I just posted in some Facebook group and everyone was like, yeah, totally. Excellent. <laughs> I heard that neuroticism isn't correlated with any of the four functions because there's only four functions instead of five. Well, that's why there is this new crazy Myers-Briggs that comes out and says whether you are neurotic or turbulent, I think is what they term it, or um, what was the A? Agreeable? No, no, no. No, no, no. no. It's, it's just the spectrum of neuroticism doesn't have a Turbulent counterpart. Or so. No, I yeah. sent you a text about it. <laughs> what that? did I say you were? I sent you a text about it the other night, and I said you're an INTPA. Uh, I'll have to get my phone. Oh, I okay. Yeah, Lou head. got a I. 
ISTP slash A. I didn't know what that slash A stood for. He you, took a different test. You divide than them I did. all by agreeableness. I feel like it's aggressive or something. Okay. I don't know if it's they get said, agreeableness. Yeah, probably. It said he was a virtuoso. I don't know which test he took, but it was very complimentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't it's, they all? It's, I think, the one that I was talking about with the A and the T. And okay, the okay. Yeah, because yeah, I I didn't get any a pos- I didn't get any like hyphen additional letters at the end of my four. I gotcha. took I must have taken the, the, <laughs> took the easy wrong test. Yeah. yeah, took the easy one. I yeah. took the easy yeah. one. So, well, that's one of the issues that I have right now. Just as we're talking with some of the Myers Briggs tests online, is that they're not Likert scale. They're just binary, yes or no. And outside of that, they're anywhere from like. 15 questions to 150 questions. That so is a how big are we jump. Yeah. I don't Fun point of trivia, there's a guy named Likert in the research community who essentially patented by putting his name on it the idea of having seven choices. So he basically patented a number. It's very exciting. <laughs> I thought that was really stupid. When I okay, the it. test I took was not yes or no, but it was a little shy of the Likert. There was five options. There was a all capital Off yes, brand. a all lowercase yes, <laughs> like don't no know, yeah. and then there was the lowercase no and the all uppercase no, and yeah. that's how I had to determine the answers to my questions, whether I felt a strong no or a lowercase no. Your enthusiasm towards yes, yes. agreeable. Sounds like open source metrics. <laughs> it looked like an open source site. All, yeah. It had that look. I had a question for you, David. <gasps> Me? Yes. Okay. So okay. this is what I had asked you about prior to our podcast. Oh, yes. Okay. What we previously agreed on. <laughs> So as someone who has self-diagnosed themselves as someone who might have Asperger's syndrome. I didn't self-diagnose myself as someone who might have Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> I have Asperger's syndrome. Okay. Continue. So. Is that an INTJ thing? Uh, a lot of people might say yes. I don't have that issue. Okay. I. No, I meant, I meant paring down other people's sentences. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Precision, but same with INTPs. Um, Please. That I, that, okay, that I do have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so, and this is going to correlate to something that I'm going to ask in just a minute. But as someone with Asperger's, what I, 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 I don't have Asperger's, but you, if you have Asperger's, do you not see things in categories? Because I was too... What in the that... world's category? <laughs> As, okay. Is not one of the criteria for Asperger's, like, having to structure your world and figure out the world based off of, like, precise definitions and then put things into categories and how to ascribe to behaving in those specific categories? I, I mean, there are labels on all my drawers that say what are in them. Right. So I hate when people use words incorrectly, utilitarianism. <laughs> so, yes, I suppose so. If your world is categorical and put into compartments and so forth, why does personality theory then not work for you? Why doesn't personality theory work if I'm capable of categorizing? It's not that it doesn't work. It's that the... It's that the idea that it can be as value-free as Myers-Briggs tends to be is a little frustrating, and it doesn't have... The, I mean, this is the reason I asked about the predictive power um, in U2 fighting in that particular scenario. Those are the kinds of things that you end up having the statistical overfit where it's the same thing that gets economists in trouble, where you determine a model on the data, 
as opposed to on a theory. This is the primary critique of Myers-Briggs is that it wasn't it wasn't developed. I mean, you know, all theories have to be based on some kind of observation in the real world, but Myers-Briggs was built essentially from the top down. And there are, it's I'm not I'm not about to suggest that there aren't things you can get out of it. It's part of the reason why we had you on here was to explain yourself because you seem to be way into it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I believe you. Yeah. I mean you you seem you seem to be sufficiently rigorous in the other things you do that you wouldn't have just like wandered into this and been like, eh, it seems all right. Yeah. Um. So I, but it does have a reputation. Yes. So and a lot of personality things do because it's it's like horoscopes. For the 21st century, you go, oh, well, that makes sense. You're a Pisces. Right. Like, that's uh-huh. that kind of thing. And if you don't fall into that category, it's either because there is something wrong with you, a la, you cannot have a personality type if you have a serious mental disorder, because then suddenly it doesn't count. Like, there's <laughs> the caveats of it match this overfitting phenomenon quite strongly uh, in a way that makes it weird. It's fun to talk about, mm-hmm. but to use it in a professional capacity it seems like it becomes dangerous quite quickly. Okay. And you claim to use it in a professional capacity. Yeah, I do. I successfully. Do. I do. I, yeah. I assume. I don't I know any of your students. So. so. I do. You should probably ask them. I will. Okay. That She's seems a really popular <laughs> professor. Like, really popular. <laughs> Alright. Well, okay. So, like, you've you talked before about how, like, if I were talking politics or something, you know, you, you might, you, not, not not that you do this for any particular purpose, but that you, like, maybe glass over a little bit and you're, like, will hear, like, liberal opinion out of someone, you know, or, like, conservative opinion out of someone. I mean, you do, you do kind of have a, an, a way of orient, orientating the world that does kind of help you, you know, deal with it. And it's, but it's one of those things, too, where when we talk about movies together, right, in the consumption log... You know, you have there's there is you know part of why it's so engaging to talk with you about these things is that you are also kind of breaking down your own reactions to things and the ways that you had been previously watching films. You know, now we're kind of all taking you know taking these trips together to like look at them in different ways and and trying to open ourselves up into different ways of thinking about films as well. And I think that you know once again you have the same way we all do kind of these proclivities. But would you would you kind of see it just more? more prevalent in yourself uh, or is it uh, or is that maybe a wrong way to phrase it because you really can't necessarily see that in other people as well it, it just it strikes me as odd that anyone wouldn't and of course it would occur to me this way just because it's the way that I think this right. is just another mind's problem it seems impossible not to have the world break down that way I mean I will admit that I am a fractalist I believe in the categories I believe in I used categorization because I was primed on the word, but it's essentially the idea that order order can be built up mm-hmm. or down and necessarily is in an infinite way. Um, yeah. This is, it It sort of mirrors, it, it, it actually rather exactly mirrors a lot of, uh, James Glick talked about this in his book Chaos. He was one of the first people to properly identify chaos theory as a phenomenon mm-hmm. where if you go farther up macroscopically or farther down microscopically, it seems like things keep happening and happening and happening yes. and happening. Um, and I, that seems inevitable to me. That okay. seems perfectly intuitive. So when I'm categorizing, to just use the word, but I, I think there's a better word that I'm not... Orientating? That's not coming to mind. But it's that you can... 
you can do that and justify it at any scale. Right. But it's but things will always fall into those groups. It's okay. not like you get a real there is no real continuum to any of it. Okay. Other than in there being a structure itself. Mm-hmm. There is a structure um, but it's not and this is where the the idea that I somehow am intuitive as opposed to sensing I am all about data. So but the way that I use that data apparently qualifies me for the intuitive branch. Well, okay, so and I hate to jump in when you had your monologue going on, but no, that was it. Um it's not that you are one thing or the other because we are all using each of our cognitive functions. It's just the preference that we give to them in binary opposition. So just because you might be intuitive doesn't mean that you're not using sensing. You just prefer to use intuition over sensing. And though if you are an INTJ, um, you have <laughs> all right. extroverted I, all right. sensing I, in your I'm an stack. ISTJ. Give me nine, give me nine adjectives. Um, I shouldn't actually have those on the sheet. Sorry, I got yeah, cut her off, I cut like, her off before she could get them all down. What, um, what would that mean? So, if yeah, I, off the top of your head. If you, my aspirations suddenly became ISTJ, if I prefer, because this actually literally seems like something I could just prefer. You would be very mechanical in your approach to doing things. Um, you would be all about like uh, fixing things, um, getting things done in a very... Um, temporally like logical way you would be about efficiency you would be about um data 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 driving you and motivating you to get things done in a very specific pattern or way how many people could possibly qualify as being part of that group that seems like something that would require an effort most people are not willing to put in well stjs and sfjs are the highest population out there so i know so few people that are actually analytical that way yeah but we were just talking about how we tend to put in our own social circles very specific types of people who fit our ideas of what is relevant to us and what we enjoy our personality type defines the basis of our interaction with other people and this is like this once again this is the kind of dichotomy we've got here where we have this kind of like internal process but also, it is a it is a mechanism by which we orient our social lives, whether or not we do it consciously or not. And it's once again, that's why I was kind of joking that you know people are either interesting or not interesting. And yeah. the basis of all that value, the basis of defining whether or not someone would appear interesting to you or interesting to an ESTA, no, whatever <laughs> ESF, ESF, ESPN, yeah, an ESPN <laughs> or something like those kind. Of, the reason you know there are just different ways that those people interact with each other. I, I, I completely believe that. That's right. not that wasn't my contention. My contention is once again with the adjectives. Okay. Where we are describing someone as being data driven, that is. Not, <laughs> well, they define I guess, what I guess, the data yeah, means. I guess it's yeah. fine if the data is corrupted, but there's. I just I, that seems. Well, like conspiracy theorists are. I mean, I guess we're all out right? as assholes by now. Yeah, Personality exactly. yeah. wise. Well, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah conspiracy theorists. That are... seems tremendously okay. charitable to describe. A large number of people. Yeah. I just don't know. I, I mean, it's not like I don't run into people on the street. People don't seem to be that way. Okay. And maybe it's just, and it seems crazy charitable in my direction suddenly for intuition to suddenly grant me the ability to dictate which data is worth pursuing. Well, that's a. But that's, that's part of being intuitive. Is it's it's like the why you're 
you're kind of good at everything you try to do because intuitively you can just like attack things so you can intuitively decide which data is useful yeah, and, like, and you don't have to have a reason for that you just know if you need to use it like or was, not like, but, like, no, so hang on like i was saying <laughs> conspiracy theorists are data driven they but just they're lack, not intuitive yeah, because they, just, they wouldn't be conspiracy they, theorists they, they, they if lack, they thought about they it they lack the intuition to think that this shit is not practicable in any sense <laughs> of the fucking term you know so like does s stand for stupid <laughs> that's that's the thing I keep coming back to is the way this the way this is structured seems dangerous with between S and N. Yes. Intuitives will say that sensors are stupid most of the time because we feel that way about them because we don't understand their way of life. Their way of life is impoverishing. <laughs> like it's not it's it's I mean unless we're talking about I mean, granted I've I've ended up being I've ended up coming to the defense of the common man. There is something oh, to yeah, the simple I, I life. I feel nice. There's, this is a role reversal. Yeah, here. no, there's, <laughs> there's something. There's something to. There is absolutely something in a misinformed opinion that can help in day to day life. Welcome to my world, baby. But there is. <laughs> but God damn it, like that just doesn't. That, I don't know. I really wish I had finished that sentence, but I don't know where it was going. I don't know. That that seems. Well, where, where, where are you where are you wanting to go though? I mean, the idea that, that S is my, does S stand for stupid? I mean, where how do we kind of bridge the gap in the NT world over here that we've got? I don't know. Here? I mean, Lou is an S, and we get along okay. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not like I. That's not a judgment I want to make. It's yeah. that it seems inevitable with the way it's structured. The way it's described makes it sound like an S is an inferior way to look at the world, other than by accident that this happens to be good for you. Oh, see, I, I never thought like that. I always thought it must be easier to be an S, because you just look I, at stuff and go for it. It's not like... Well, but that's that's accidentally good for you, though. Okay. That's, that's the problem, is that you are choosing a path that is in some almost provable way improper... That just happens to work out for you. I don't you. think so. You're looking at it with a bias from an intuitive perspective. Like if you're an intuitive and you're looking at a sensor, you're going to say, I don't understand you. So your shadow functions are going to be exactly opposite of the way that you would perceive the world. So my shadow is an ESTP. I have no idea how an ESTP lives because they're all about just doing things on a whim. They're all about playing football and soccer and banging girls and drinking beer and whatever. And I'm like, that sounds really terrible. But for a lot of people, that sounds really fucking great. <laughs> I see an yeah, they're not, here saying, yeah, it sounds like they're not worrying about too much shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like sounds... why, why we're intuitive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't, that, that doesn't, that... <laughs> Being an S is not carefree. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to give you that privilege. It still seems like you have to worry about the world around you. It's not this. It doesn't seem like blind optimism. It seems literally misguided. Well, my sister is an ISFJ, and she and I both feel the S and disconnect when we talk to each other because she says I'm pretentious as hell because all I worry about is theories and ideas and abstractions, and she only worries about what's going on in her life and the things that are impacting her on the day-to-day -day basis. And a lot of sensors are that way. Not necessarily um, that they aren't, that they don't have foresight, but it's just that the moment, what they're dealing with is more important than abstract ideas. 
that's a position I've held at numerous points in my life, sometimes during the day. Okay, so you are engaging, you are sensing preference in that moment. That's, but so, but then what does it mean? I get to that point through reason. I develop that optimism because in the same way, you know, we have to put people to death for retributive purposes because it makes people feel better. Even if it doesn't make moral sense, it just happens to be a deterrent that works. Using the same twisted logic, if I can compel myself not to worry about something because I know that it is not good for me in the abstract, even though that worrying is irrational, I have suddenly rationalized well, it. Yeah, but you're still I, using abstraction. Yeah, I mean, I've always said that the death penalty only deters people who wouldn't kill anybody anyway. I mean, that's the. I'm point. not. You know, I'm not you know defending. I mean? like I'm not defending that particular. Yeah, no, I know, but that's point. But it, it's just that was the, the the reference I was making is the idea that retributive justice is something that, though it is morally unjust, from the presumption that no one is in control of their actual environment, you have to. It's but it's still somehow practical to do that. I can understand that and adhere to it intellectually and have that affect my real world. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a mode that I can enter in and out of. Right, okay. I mean, that just, that seems like an extra tool. It seems like being an N is preferable because I can slip into being an S in a practical way when that makes more sense. But you're using the abstraction to slip into that role. Yeah, so N's better. Well... For someone who is a dominant or predominantly uses intuition, absolutely. How does the S ever get the benefit of an N? What do you mean? How would a sensing person become intuitive? How would you make the jump to being intuitive when that makes more sense to yeah. do? Well, my sister is actually having to deal with this right now. She has asked me for years, why are you the way that you are? How can I be more like you? She's now in, she's dating an INFJ and or an ENFJ. I'm not really sure. I haven't met him, but that's what he types as ENFJ or an INFJ. And people are telling you their types before you even <laughs> meet them now. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Your reputation precedes yeah. you. Yeah. She, she, Mandy did actually a couple months ago ask me out of the blue what my Byers Briggs score like was, as though I just had this in the back of my head. Like, oh yes. Yeah. No, dude. A lot of people. Uh, I've been surprised. It's like a calling card. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I wouldn't be if you get people have business cards in the future. Like well, people, be low people, under their people should just start getting it embroidered on their cuffs, or like nice, when they go to work, like nice. you just know automatically what you're oh, dealing there are with. Shirts you get, out there. They do that. There's manager tests for employment. They like they, you know, some just have it have, have it embroidered on your collar and all your polo you know, shirts, right next to your sign. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why don't? Yeah. Which, by the way, I am a Virgo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? What are I know what I am. I don't know what it means, though. Gemini. I mean, I'm a Leo. Gemini. Oh, you are headstrong and courageous. Gemini. I'm a Cancer. That means that I am an INTJ. <laughs> My name's David. I'm a yeah. Cancer. I'm an INTJ. Yeah. Subfunction A. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's funny. I can think of just like a like a real like lower level because, like I said, uh, I'm an N and Lou is an S, but. Okay, so, like, when Lou and I started watching movies, you know, it's like he just would watch a movie and whatever, and then I was all into analyzing movies like we do on the consumption log. And so, like, you know, through that, I've been able to, like, teach him, and now he, yes, like, sees a lot more exactly. in the movies. But until, you know, until I met him and kind of, like, sat down and showed him, like, how I look at a film yes. when I watch it, and he was able to compare that with just his surface-level viewing of the yes. film... 
you know, he just, he never, like, really, like, used that function exactly. before when watching a movie, yep. and now he does. So yeah. maybe this idea of being, you know, a little bit autodidactic with the way we kind of developed the world, because, you know, when we started watching movies, I mean, you know, we were actively going out and seeking these things. And, and we were reading criticism, and yeah, we were, I mean, like, we looking were, at books, we were reading the screenplays for them. But then we weren't having to, like, you know, you know we, our, even our engagement with other people... I mean, because we were doing this stuff like in high school. Yeah. You know, like we were watching, you know, reading, you know, li- you know, countercultural literature and movies even before we met in high school. And we would always kind of like sought these things out. And, you know, we always try to like orient how we were thinking about them and what they would mean in a larger sense. And so is the idea that, you know, our ends, do, do they have this kind of like autodidactic kind of world building yeah. uh, or perception building kind of way about them? Whereas S's need to... Um, you know, have the experiential contact of with yes. a, with another person, and that's kind of the difference. There. I I think so. I mean, at the same time, though, I probably would never have been able to increase my sensing functions if I hadn't forced myself to go out and understand what it meant to be a sensor. But that's part of the reason why I told my sister she needs to just start engaging with the guy that she's dating more um, in an abstract way because she would not learn to use intuition. Unless or maybe it's was... just you have to find, like, you know, like a small thing that you can apply it to. That way you can see how you can apply it mm-hmm. to other things. Well, like, you know, you got to start small sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when, when I was in sales, you know, there's always, they always try to simplify it. You know, you want to identify the need the person has for the reason they come here. And they, they're always good in the sense that, you know, there are these kind of, like, core drivers of people. But that they never really tried to, like, type them out. Like, there's not, like, 16 motivations that mm-hmm. would bring someone to a car lot. You know, like, you, but at the same time. It does kind of have you address the world in a way that when someone you know has to when you have to interact with them, you're asking a kind of question of you know well what is what is kind of motivating this person? How are they orienting the world? Uh, how are they you know what, this idea of what their personality is, both as an as an internal expression, but also as an external projection. I mean, those two things are what is kind of distinct. And of course, I mean, once again, this just assumes that people are generally honest with you, and I think that's just always a, always a a careful, you know, it's a bad assumption to make about people in general. People are notoriously unreliable narrators in their own lives, especially, yes. and that's what you know kind of is a little bit, a little bit frustrating in general. But it's, you know, you do, ha- you know, these these kind of core drivers, and that's why I was kind of teasing that, you know, I think there are too many types. You know, I think that the core motivations of people are very, very limited. I will, I don't, I, you know, I don't see a lot of like core motivations for people in a lar- in a large sense, and I think that like. You know, having 16 types is a little bit too much well, because... It, it almost sounds like, I mean, the reason I'm harping on N and S is that they seem they seem like the most fundamental of the group because they are, that's absolutely pitting high-level thinking against low-level thinking in a way the other ones don't seem to. Okay. Well, that, I feel like the S and divide or the split is one of the biggest areas that people butt heads about, like... Censors typically don't like me, and I typically don't like censors. Um, is it the is it because it's both the internal and external uh, idea that they're that they're the two the two are so different in both capacities? I think so because censors don't understand how intuitives can be so pretentious all the goddamn time, and intuitives just don't understand how censors can be all about the basis basic stuff all of the goddamn time like yeah. well that's and that seems like the most fundamental one i mean my my probe into n being better than s was mostly just for the purpose of parsing out what those actually mean more than more than specifically trying to be judgmental about it but there's it, that definitely seems like the one that matters more mm-hmm. than the others cuz the other ones seem like they can basically flip i in my life anyway no i i think so because my 
my preference for intuition is far and beyond my preference for sensing. And I feel like most sensors or intuitives would be very much that way. I mean, as someone like I'm a I'm considered as an INFJ, a thinky feeler um, because my tertiary function is introverted thinking. But I prefer feeling over that as my auxiliary function. Anyway, what I'm saying with that. (laughs) No, I'm an aspiring thinker. I thought you liked the feeling part. I do. But she's in conflict with it. Yeah. Then why are you aspiring to the other one at all? To think? Yeah. (laughs) So that I'm not dumb. When's that ever helped you? (gasps) That wasn't an insult. I don't know what you were. I asked you a question. Well, why am I an aspiring thinker? Yeah. So that I can. So introverted thinking is about logic. So I prefer extroverted feeling, this harmonizing function over thinking and expressing, articulating ideas out loud. Um, This has been an area that I am always very concerned about. And when I articulate my ideas externally in conversation like this, I generally apologize for babbling or not being able to give a well-hashed-out thought process. And the reason why, it's because it's a clumsy function of mine. It's my third function. So as someone who uses both feeling and thinking interchangeably almost, but has trouble using one as well as the other, um, I feel like there is the ability to have these other things flip like you were saying how you feel like the s versus n is probably the most fundamental issue sure in in myers-briggs i think feeling feeling and thinking um also present a divide for people because thinkers tend to feel like feelers are too much about feelings feeling and feelers tend to think that thinkers are too much about aloof, cold logic. And um, INFJs get a really bad rap in the thinking community because we try really hard to express ideas like thinkers tend to do because we have this introverted intuition, introverted thinking loop, essentially, or especially with someone who has OCD like me. Like I'm constantly in my head thinking things, thinking things, thinking things. And when it comes to expressing them, I don't know how to do that in a very articulate way, in a sophisticated and nuanced way. So you know what the problem is? Is thinkers, you don't, you can't look like you're trying that hard. That's the problem. You just go, do you think? Just let it think. Well, that's what it feels like to feelers. Like it feels like you don't give a crap and you just say whatever you want. And, And for feelers, like we're really concerned about how people are valuing each other and valuing us. And so if it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in our minds, we don't necessarily want to say it. That's, yeah, that that idea that, once again, we've talked before about this problem where that you have to, I have to now worry about what the effect my idea has on someone or like the way I'm expressing an idea, the effect that it has on someone. That's just way too much to think about. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, I have to work on that. I mean, I brought that up when I was talking about uh, the small talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the small talk and the vignette of a nice person. My most people's need to like I understand the reinforcing effect of saying things like thank you, mm-hmm. but the necessity of them is insane to me. Because if we and this this feels touchy feely, but I, I I come to it I think from a very thinking man's perspective on it. 
we're all in this together. If you are going to be hostile to me, you would better be a good liar. Right. Otherwise, I bear no ill will. Right. And I would just... Uh, it makes more sense. It seems perfectly practical to assume no ill will on the part of whoever I'm talking to, which is why I am. Uh, that's most of, and maybe that is that ends up being a post hoc justification for the way that I talk. But the reason I'm okay with being even potentially standoffish with my comments is that I would hope, given that I'm giving the people I'm talking to the same leeway, uh, we understand that we're not trying to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. And if we can't, because if we cannot make that like tiny concession to social interaction, we probably shouldn't be having it. Mm-hmm. Well, but once again, S's are always concerned that that might be hap- you know, that, that might happen or something. Or like, excuse me, F, F people, F people mm-hmm. might be concerned that that happens. Because there would be nothing more, I think, upsetting to a feeling person that they had done that and then not realize yes. that they had done it. Yes, exactly. No, I, <laughs> that I do get in retrospect... But that's sure. what exists, man. Like some of those people, just that shit churns on yeah, them. Yeah, you know? like, like, oh, it's a terrible abyss. Do you okay? Do you ever like replay scenarios that have happened in your life in your mind back again? Like if I'd done this or I'd done that or why did I do this or do you like replay scenarios and like relive like in humiliations? Both, yeah, or, in both yeah. directions. What do you mean? Like you make it worse for yourself and better? No, no, no. I I reminisce. Like, what have I done? I reminisce on the past. I reminisce on the past to predict future scenarios. I'm very bad at conversations I haven't rehearsed. Excellent. So I rehearse a lot of conversations in my head. Excellent. That's no big deal. I do that a lot. Yeah, that's no big deal. I mean, that's, but once again, is that there is that I, well, is that the, is that the end idea that we're projecting the stuff into the future? Whereas, you know, maybe an S person is, you know, replaying that scenario and kind of, you know, especially an, e, an SF person, you know, they're replaying and refeeling this and refeeling this. And there really is no projection forward yeah. uh, necessarily. I mean, once again, it's not like they say, oh, how can I be a better person or how could I have done this better to, to, but it's just that, you know, it's more about the reveling and the kind of like churning in, in that kind of steady state of the emotion itself. Because I do, the, I mean, we all think about the past and, you know, what had we done or, if, you know, if I had a bad class or something, I always try to think about, you know, what happened and why it happened and what my role was with it. But and you're always trying to become the idea is, is that, well, how does this apply to future events or similar scenarios or with dealing with that student, the next class or something? Well, but, but my my drive in that is largely fearful. I mean, my my reaction to that kind of stuff, I mean, for for all the thinking, for the thinking shell that this is all the reason I said retrospective as opposed to in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, the reason I can reflexively say that is for the reason stated. Um, but I am I mean. The Myers-Briggs doesn't technically test it, but I am basically a 100 on a neuroticism scale from the big five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my head's on fire constantly. Mm-hmm. So you, <laughs> I have a, my emotional stability is completely the product of deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. I get very mad very easily. Mm-hmm. I get sad, glad to fill out my mom's criteria <laughs> for the three emotions. <laughs> I, I experience those things acutely, instantaneously, as well as guilt and all the rest of them. But I just, my control mechanisms for them have been honed mm-hmm. because if they weren't, I would be, you know. I, to Not follow, functioning? Yeah, to follow the, the Asperger's uh, diagnosis, I would still be having temper tantrums for hours and out, which I used to do. I, I, I did my those. Front teeth I did those well past my, yeah. my, my childhood years. So did I. I. I learned how to deal with it, though. I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that has to do with 
aside from an Asperger's thing, it's it has to do with being able to understand how to function in a given situation and and working on that and by doing that like you're not just um i don't know i've lost my train of thought there hmm. but this does kind of correlate with something that i had brought up the whole Asperger's thing to begin with though yeah. do you mind really quickly if i read something to you because sure. i am much more easily able to articulate thoughts when they're written down Okay. Or, or so, especially other people's thoughts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so someone asked if INFJs are crazy. And I said, yes. And this has nothing to do quite yet with Asperger's. And I said, for a different reason, reason than most might iterate here. To me, it's like living in a meta, meta, meta world in which everyone recognizes that there are combinatory structures and elements, but nobody wants to talk about or explore these things but me. I would easily liken it to some other person's female Asperger's example, but it is more complex. I'm so attuned to my own and everyone else's emotional responses that A, it eliminates the possibility of being diagnosed as an Asperger's syndrome person, and B, everything is both extremely authentic and genuine while simultaneously being a performance because I see the strings that pull. Um, and if that doesn't sound both crazy and arrogant at once, I don't know what does. Um, and then someone asked another thing, and then I went on to say that I think INFG... And INFJs behave this way, um, thinking that they are more adept at seeing and understanding or having access to and articulating profundity because nobody seems to understand us, not in an emo or angsty way that many people seem to attribute to INFJ types. But when we think or say something, we have to explain it again and again in order to even come close to what we mean as we are lost in prolix and understand the inability to fully describe every shade or nuance we want to proffer. It's an introverted um, intuition-dominant trait, I think. Everything is linked together, and so to parse anything out as a standalone element is to lose the basic truth, and we deeply want to maintain the intrinsic and... Mm -mm -mm -mm. Lost it. Intrinsic and inherent value of all things. So to an INFJ, life is one long signifying chain, and to break that signifying chain, to stop tracing means to lie in some way. And though many of us see that as manipulative, lying, skewing the truth to our benefit, is only because we don't know how else to demonstrate the truth as we see it. It is unfortunate and ironic and hypocritical, absolutely, but it is the way of things. Um, as for working on empathy, I don't think I've ever really worked on it except in extreme situation. It's a natural response that occupies my mind and heart for almost every waking moment. Um, and it, it's my modus operandi. Uh, it is how I navigate the external world. To work on it would completely deplete me. I know in extreme situations in which I am forced to work on my, as you've called it, empathy, I fall into grip and become an asshole because it, is to it totally exhausts me and throws me into an NITI loop or makes me use the TISE because of my primary NE if he doesn't seem to be working. Anyway, that's in, a, that's in a type form. But as I was trying to say is, as someone who is functioning on a spectrum and you rehearse conversations and you rehearse literal stop from the window <laughs> alright keep going <laughs> and you rehearse conversations and you rehearse um, perhaps future, future oriented things that you might envision happening in order to know how to behave in those situations um, and it's almost as though you're kind of working on empathy it's not I don't think it's just an Asperger's type of thing. That's I feel not like why I, that's not specifically why I consider myself to be <laughs> an Asperger. If you look at the if you look at a diagnostic chart for Asperger's syndrome, 
I don't show all of these tendencies anymore because I've beaten them out of myself, but if you looked at eight-year-old me, I have all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I complete the list. It's not a five out of eight's good enough. I've, I've got the entire set. I mean, this... Uh, sure, a lot of that maps mm-hmm. for other reasons, but I assumed, and I'm perfectly willing to admit it's possible that I have overblown the connection that Asperger's does not lead, or well, if it if it leads to it, it doesn't exacerbate it to the degree that I think it does. That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's left plenty of damage in its wake because the person that I was back in the day, before I sort of figured out that this is something I need to fix rather than someone who I have to live with. I mean, I do have to live with it, but the way that I've figured well, out yeah, how the, to live the, with it. The extremeness that it was having in your life, you have to fix was, yeah. was something I needed to deal with yeah, exactly. properly. And well, I guess maybe that's where it mixes up because all of us are self-aware enough to see like the shortcomings of our personality types and to actually do things to work on those things where there's there's plenty of people that don't have enough like you know ability yeah, yeah self-awareness who to, are those assholes are they extroverts i think a lot of them may be but it works both <laughs> ways self-aware but that's what i mean like we're all we're all self-aware enough to to, to work on our shortcomings but there's i've met plenty of people who i'm fairly certain are not self-aware enough to work on anything you know, like they're never going to improve. <laughs> you know, like so if you're if you're or they're if you're, or they're resigned to the possibility that it's impossible. I know I am intimately aware of one person okay. who fits into that group. Okay. People who believes firmly that people never change on like a philosophical level. But do they change? Like I, as I, they grow and do they see that in themselves? No. That, that's, Not mm-hmm. from a philosophical standpoint. This is, and we can, we would need to get into that on a separate. Are we podcast. all talk about who we think we're talking about? Um, probably. Okay, good. So, um, little vague booking there. Uh, I have to fucking eat something. Like I, so uh, are we gonna call it? Because I, are we gonna call it soon? Very quickly, I just want to know why you categorized me as a splitter because I would like to contend with that. She wants to get oh, the whole damn. world to harmonize. Uh. I think in the general way that you that once again because you're so concerned about uh, that you you would you would not want to be seen as lumping people in or doing anything like that and I think that the idea that you know if you are if you go into a group of five people and you're going to split them as individual people with all individual ideas and mm-hmm. orienting them I mean once again the initial splitting is what happening even if it leads to a quote unquote lumping or harmonizing together okay see all right good. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, no, it that was, was the it was right answer. Yeah, no, it was. No, it was well thought out. Thank you. No, for real, because I, I do, I, I do split and individualize, but it's all leading back to one very cohesive thing. So I guess it is a splitting to lump together. Yeah, and I would lump to split people as yeah, well. I yeah. mean, it's kind of you know, like you tend to, you know, you it's, but it's. I think that it, the idea I was going for it was the initial because this is okay. all just this is all fucking the bullshit, cowboy. like personality yeah. anyway. <laughs> No, sorry. I don't think this is. No, bullshit. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I think, I'm sorry. I think this is well done. No, but no. But, but once again, I mean, the idea was was that if you were going to have something that we could just like, you know, ask someone two questions: Are they interesting? Not interesting? Are they lumping their answers? Are they splitting them together? Are they stupid? Or are they smart? Are they self-aware? Or are they self-deceiving? You know, I think that that idea of what a personality type can be. This is the uh, the pocket version of the personality types. It's, it's actually got more types on it than 
Oh, I added test. self-aware and self-deceiving as a t and I tested it out. It still needs some. It still needs some. You know, fine-tuning. David, are you a lumper or a splitter in your initial thoughts? I was kind of torn on that. I, the fact that I'm thinking about it means I'm a splitter. Okay, there we go. So you're an I. You're interesting. You're a splitter. You're smart, and you are self-aware. You're an ISMA. This is, this is just <laughs> masturbatory. Yeah. This is not even. Wait, are we having fun at least? Uh, always. That's, so, that's, that's the first qualification for masturbation, so I'll go ahead and take that one. Um, so, David. What about me? You have personality. Um, do I? Nicole. You got some personality on you. Mandy. Yes, I'm a cold human. Mandy. Mm -hmm. Personality. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I have yeah. a personality. You do. All right. Closing um, thoughts. Nicole. Do I have to sum this up or what? No. Okay. Um. But Ryan does need to eat, apparently. I, that's so, not a terrible idea, yeah, actually. I'm, I'm My stomach is like, <laughs> come back to me. All right. <laughs> well, I, I, I philosophically contend with the idea that we have personalities. Uh, you know, I'm a, was an INTP. Uh, I'm, excuse me. No, I, um, as, <laughs> you know, I just, I've, I have found it kind of interesting. I do think it's. To me, though, it's it's the problem I have with personality types is, once again, I, I want to orient people in a way that I am more concerned about their values, about whether what they find virtuous. I would, you know, for the core of people, I tend to, you know, abstract different elements of what I would consider to be personality. And, you know, if, if anything, I take it very, very superficial, and then I go so or heavily right to values as a kind of like an instinctual way to look at the world. So when I, you know, this idea of people being interesting, not interesting is the initial, you know, hip check that I do when I when I meet people. And then, you know, I'm kind of wanting to figure out, you know, is this a good person or not? And what I, you know, and I'm not saying that this is objective. I mean, I take my own subjective way in how I view the world and how I view other people and how I judge other people. And I'm not afraid to do that by any stretch of the imagination. And it's something that, you know. Apart from personality or the way people think, I tend to de-emphasize that into more of how can I assess how someone actually behaves in the world and what does all of this actually mean in the product and the way that they would interact with me. And in that sense, I do, I have found it interesting. I mean, since we've been uh, dating and since I've known you, you know, looking at personality types and seeing how people think about the world, I think has been the most interesting thing that I've kind of taken from this. And you know, also, I think there has been a kind of a little bit of a self-awareness that I've gained also in the fact that I am a fucking idiot, asshole, don't care, lazy, <laughs> aspirational INTJ. Um, he? I know. Aspirational, oh, aspirational, I, INTJ, aspirational yes. INTJ. I have found that uh, fairly useful, and I think it is a good laundry list of things I need to work on that I do not know if I'd have so, uh, discovered if I hadn't discovered the personality types. I'm sorry, and you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think fucking Eddie was actually on that list. I think I added that to the top. Well, it's the one I put in all caps, so I don't know <laughs> okay. what you mean. Someone said yeah. it forcefully. Yeah, exactly. Mandy? Um, I am still a proponent for personality typing, and I feel, though, that Myers-Briggs or any other personality typing is in itself useless as a snapshot superficially. I think it needs to be used in conjunction with multiple modes of... Um, investigating self and other and i think it also needs to be used in conjunction with you know instinctual subvariants in greg work mind styles in um intelligences in enneagram it needs to be used in a whole bunch of different areas and um at that point you can kind of use it 
in a more strategic way and the way that I try to use it in my classroom professionally, which you have suggested might be dangerous. And I feel like you can use it in the ways that perhaps Ryan has used it in kind of coming to an awareness of where you might be lacking or where your strong points mm -hmm. might be, um, whether it comes in interacting with others or just using mm -hmm. it in investigating yourself internally. Um, and I as well think it is imperative to know these things about yourself in order to continue to grow. And with that said, I also want to let everyone know that I am a 459 sexual social on top of being an INFJ. So these are coming through a very, very skewed perspective. Nicole? I have absolutely no idea what a 459 <laughs> sexual... Sounds like a precinct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So over the course of this conversation, I'm starting to see what you mean about thinking about it fractally because I do like the idea of, you know, some people are similar enough that you can lump them together. But yet again, this goddamn individual snowflake thing, if you look at one of them, if like if you look at one person and keep digging in, mm -hmm. you can see all sorts of inconsistencies. Yeah. But you can lump people into huge groups and categorize them as that. And if that works as a model. You know, it just doesn't work on an individual basis. I kind of am seeing it a little practically right now. Your yeah. Majesty, it's just turtles from there on down. <laughs> well, that's yes, that's that absolutely the case. I was also thinking if we could get the Joey personality type one star, zero star, would talk to again, would not talk to again. Actually, that's probably <laughs> that's the it. best. That's, that's Joey, and Joey already had he, bad. you stole your initial form. Oh, from did Joey. I? Oh. Yeah, because the top was interesting, not interesting. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so people be one star, zero stars. Joey's always one step ahead, man. Oh, God. Man, he, he is he is the Messiah, I tell you. He's got the beard. In his simplicity. Yeah, he's got the beard for it. <laughs> what so. a censor. <laughs> oh. So, David. Yeah. Person personality types. I don't know. They're fun. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and with that, this is Nicole, Ryan, Mandy, and David. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Tune in next week when... <laughs>